Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Sanderlanch podcast. This week we are covering Mistborn, The Final Empire, chapters 28 and 29, wherein Vin goes to yet another ball and hangs out with Ellen for a while. Then we get the end of the logbook in chapter two, or in the second chapter, so obviously not chapter two. And it's not as satisfying as anyone had hoped that it would be. I'm Data, and with me is... Joe. Jamie. Also Zoidberg. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then. Zoidberg this week. Uh, He ate the book, but hopefully he read it first. Zoidberg. (laughs) Hang on to something, everybody. The Sanderlanch is about to begin. Guys, what and and lady, lady and guys. We we established at the beginning of the show that guys is an okay term for everybody. It's fine. But I'm, still, I'm one I'm, of the guys. <laughs> I'm still just like knee jerk is like nope, can't forget. Ladies and gentlemen, or lady and gentlemen. Anyway, what did everyone think of these chapters this week? Uh, I, I there, there's a lot of talking. You know, that's always good exposition. Sure. No, I I enjoyed them. Uh, Vin learned some things about Ellen. That she refuses to share, which I feel like is going to spell bad things for, down the road for us. Ellen learns probably more than he wanted to about Vin. And so there's trouble brewing. But other than that, uh, I don't know that a whole lot actually happens in the chapters themselves. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed these chapters. And I feel like I say that at the beginning of every <laughs> time I share my thoughts. But I have... Never been so excited to pick up this book again when we finish this podcast recording today. Something clicked for me in these chapters, and I feel like now we are just, we are standing on the ledge, and we've talked about before about what we thought the Sanderlanch was. I have a feeling the Sanderlanch is about to begin, really. Like, (laughs) if if this is like an avalanche of information that's going to be thrown at us and things are just going to happen from now, like, we're we're getting to the the pointy end of the book. But these chapters in particular, yeah, there was a lot of talking, there was a lot of information. I was like, oh, Ellen and Vin, you know, they're, they're talking and things are getting a bit prickly for them as well. Like, who trusts who? We don't really know. There's always another secret. But I... Actually, the second chapter that we read today, there was so much to unpack in there. And I'm really excited to talk about um, predictions or predigments, I think we're calling them. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, I'm really excited for that portion of our conversation today. But, yeah, I I loved these chapters. It's like it's awakened something in me and I'm like, I just want to keep reading the book. Good. Yeah. I, like you're like I say this at the beginning of every of every episode, and I'm just like, well, it's pr- it's better to be like I really like these chapters every episode than oh, I didn't really like these chapters every episode. <laughs> Actually, that would be these sad. these sucked, and now I went off this train. Uh. <laughs> Boy, was that ever crap! <laughs> um, yeah, like I I thought these chapters were pretty good. Again, a lot of talking. Um, I was a bit taken aback when we switched to uh, Ellen's point of view. 
I thought, hang on a minute. Like, aside mm-hmm. from the prologue, every chapter in this book has been Kelsey or Vin. When did you become a, a thing? So that was a bit of a jump, but yeah, it was fa- fairly interesting. Um, I think some fa- fairly serious shit is about to go down there. Well, I mean, I guess that's sort of obvious, but for more reasons than we think. But we'll talk about that when we get to it. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good info heavy chapters, and yeah, I, yeah, I think the shit is about to hit the fan again. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We're running out yeah. of clean fans. <laughs> <laughs> we and then the scar are gonna have to clean them. Yeah, of course, <laughs> obviously. We, I, I like that both of you are feeling like we're about to get into some stuff because uh, we're what is it? I'm, I'm counting now. There's only there's 38 chapters plus an epilogue in this book, and we just finished 29. So that means there is like nine chapters, just 10 if you count the epilogue left. So there, there's not much time for things to happen now. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully things will start happening, right? What percentage Although, of the book are we on? Uh, we, at the end of this, hold on, I can tell you... I think we're at 75%. Yeah, it should be right around 75, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, cool. So there's a qu- about a quarter left? I mean, a lot can happen in a quarter. Oh, that's yeah. true. I mean, and we've seen how fast some things tend to happen in this book. It is, oh, yeah. at, at the beginning of Chapter 30, we are at 77%. Nice. So, yep, we're, we're getting there. Okay, so we'll start at the epigraph as we often do and in this case <laughs> we get more information on the deepness but it is once again the vaguest sort of information <laughs> on the deepness where yeah, it's like they, he's they like, tell us about it and, t- and yet tell us nothing at all <laughs> the deepness is deep and unfathomable oh well there you go <laughs> <laughs> that explains everything <laughs> yeah i mean you know but uh, his point is people might wonder about what I'm doing and my status and all this stuff, but there's one thing that nobody can really question that we have to get rid of the deepness because it is so horrible. It's a, a thing of destruction, madness, and corruption that will destroy the world, not out of spite or animosity, but simply because that is what it does. And he says that many people do not realize it is sentient, but that, uh, that he has sensed cool something in there. So yeah. What is that? I mean, does that give you guys any, any more of a picture of what it mm. is? It makes me think of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, the ego goo that, like, like you know, when he starts spreading himself across oh, all the planets. yeah, yeah. It makes me think of the ego goo. Oh. <laughs> or, you know, a vile tentacle monster, one of, one of the two. <laughs> I feel like we come back to tentacle monsters a lot. I picture Cthulhu more than once. Yes, you have mentioned Cthulhu a couple of times, which totally, I, I can see... Why that would be. I don't know why Tentacle Monster is the go-to default. I don't think there's ever been any mention of tentacles, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> I think I think just in our brain, like, incomprehensible horrors that don't have form. Mm-hmm. Tentacles are the most alien thing that we actually have on the planet. People, people say octopi are the most alien creatures on the planet, so... Just because they're so friggin' weird and sploogy. <laughs> <laughs> they are weird. I'll give you Technical that. Technical term? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So yeah, I just I love the continued references to the deepness that don't actually tell us anything about the deepness. We're gonna have to find out someday, right? Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then we get into the chapter, and it is we're at Keep Lacall, which the ballroom is shaped like a pyramid, and I'm not gonna go into it and read because I don't remember exactly where it was in the annotations. But he mentioned each of these different ballrooms is designed like Keep Venture was designed after or inspired by the national cathedral in washington dc and lacall is inspired by the luxor in 
in Las Vegas. Which is oh, I've stayed there. Room. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So random fun facts. Interesting. But I like the description of this with the balconies that kind of run the inside of the pyramid and get kind of gradually closer and closer over the dance floor. I just think it's a cool sounding room with like miniature, super detailed stained glass. I really like the way that she points out that she's starting to recognize scenes from the logbook in these stained glass windows about the Lord Ruler's ascension. She's like, oh, there's like uh, the, the big black lake and the the mountains and so on and so forth. The hills of emerald green. She's like, but green doesn't yeah. belong in. Yeah, it's almost like a throwback to some memory that nobody remembers at this point. Yeah. And once again, she's like, he defeated the deepness, but what was it? Yeah, aren't we all wondering that right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be some big reveal. It's just, once again, going to pull out the rug and like it's something we never would have considered. The deepness is people. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> was it, was it, was it, um, we were all it, the it, deepness all along. <laughs> Was it um, Adventure Time, where like the big, the main villain was contained inside a snail for the longest time? I've never seen Adventure Time. <laughs> yeah, actually. I'm not, I don't think I've ever actually watched that. No. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure the Lich, like the main big monster, voiced by Ron Perlman, as monsters tend to be, um, sure, was yeah. was con- was uh, contained within a snail for the longest time. It's been a while since I watched it. Hmm. The snail thing just reminds me of that trailer that just came out for uh, Umbrella Academy season two, where there's a. a f- a guy, a bad guy who's a f- goldfish. <laughs> and it's it, it's like the goldfish is on top of a robot body and he controls the robot body. I never nice. read the comics. Apparently he was like a major villain in the comics that they didn't end up putting in the first season. But I think it's, it, it was a cool picture in the trailer. Did you guys watch the Umbrella Academy season one? Anybody? I yeah. haven't seen it. Okay. I enjoyed it. The I've read the first graphic, like the collection of comics that they put into a graphic novel. It, it's okay. The comic is, I would say the show's better than the comic. Is, is there okay. a goldfish guy? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought he was from the comic, but I haven't read the comic, so. Okay, sorry. Back, that was the, the most random detour that we've taken yet. <laughs> there was a snail, and then I brought in the goldfish, and anyway. So Vin goes to talk to the court gossip, Lady Cliss, to try to help spread some rumors. And just the description of their plan for House Hastings, where it's like, House Hastings isn't actually planning on withdrawing, but we're going to make it seem like they are. So, And then when they don't, they'll look like indecisive, and it might bring down the house just from everyone thinking they're going to withdraw when they're not going to. It's kind of insidious and ingenious, I felt like. I mean, it's, it's a good plan, especially when they talk about what happened to House Techiel. Yeah. That just got too extreme. I'm like, all right, the house is breaking down, fine. They're pulling out of the city, fine. They're pulling out of the city, and because of their weakness, they were all assassinated. Holy shit! Yeah, that got out of hand really quickly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they get uh, some of them are assassinated before leaving the city, and then the rest are found in the burned-out ruins of their canal boats. Canal boats, there's more than one. So apparently, pulling out of the city is not a guarantee that things will be okay for you. <laughs> no. It's kind of like you'd be better off just in the middle of the night pu- um, pulling on a cloak and running away into the, into the mist. Yeah. Almost seems that way. She runs into Elland. And they have some flirty back and forth off into an alcove together. There's some talk about Ellen's mother, which is a weird thing when they're flirting, where she's like, oh, you know, my mother married my father after all. She can't be that smart. And it's like, well, you know, she joined the most powerful house in the final empire, uh, unless she wanted to marry the Lord Ruler. And last I knew he wasn't in the market for a wife. And Ellen's like, well, maybe he'd be less depressed if there was a woman in his life. (laughs) 
So apparently Ellen runs into the Lord Ruler every once in a while, and he's a depressed-looking guy. And I, I like that his line about maybe Lord Ruler would look less depressed with a woman in his life, and Vin immediately follows up with, I guess it would depend on the woman. Which, okay, yeah, <laughs> that's fair, I suppose. <laughs> and then she realizes they're starting to get some looks, all being kind of publicly squished into an alcove together. And then he wants to kiss her, and she's like, no, we shouldn't do that. And then he's okay with that, and she feels kind of disappointed about it. Uh, teenage love drama. Like, one of my favorite lines here is when he's talking about the alcove with the reading light, and she's like, no, no, read when you're with someone else, not with me. And he goes, that's how our relationship began, and that's how it could end. <laughs> Boom, roasted. <laughs> Such perfect banter there, yep. Oh, goodness. And then she tries. he tries to convince her to leave Luthadel because it's getting too dangerous. And he's like, maybe you haven't noticed, but stuff is happening. And apparently the Techiel family being slaughtered was the work of House Hastings, which even Kelsier hadn't been able to figure that out yet. So there's one nice, useful piece of information she can bring back to the lair. Or so you would think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she, you know, she, she probably wouldn't feel like she's revealing anything about the Ventures to say that. But then we find out that he comes right out and tells her, too, which just shows how, I guess, inexperienced he must be with all of this, that he's willing to just throw this stuff out there. The House Venture stays on top because they are in charge of mining the Adium in the pits of Hathsin, and their stability depends pretty much completely on the Lord Ruler's whims. In this point, I was like, oh, Kelsia made a promise that he wouldn't hurt Ellen. Oh, now that this is a thing, I don't think that's going to go well. <laughs> yeah, you got to imagine that he wouldn't uh, have any love for this house after what happened no. to him there. No. Uh, then again, he already he already didn't like House Venture very much. Like Straff Venture hit him in the face one time, so like they were he was they were always going to be a target, right? Yeah, but this makes it personal too. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, part of, part of what they talk about later, you know, Vin's, Vin says she doesn't want to bring this information back because she doesn't want to hurt Elend. But part of the plan was always to attack the pits of Hathsin. A lot of their plan hinged on it. I, I don't know how that mm. goes now with the, with the army going down, but you have to imagine that control of the Adium supply is still going to be part of their plan coming up. So even if Kelsey doesn't know that Venture is the is the house that mines the Adium, simply by attacking the Adium mines, they're going to be hurting them anyway without even realizing it. Mm, yeah. So That's true. Like, yeah. It's, it's like, it doesn't really matter if she tells them or not. They're, they're like, part of the plan is to hurt them anyway. Yeah. Originally, if I'm remembering correctly, the, the plan was to feint an attack against the pits of Hathsin to get the garrison out of town because that was something close enough and important enough that they would send the Luthadel garrison to protect it. And that was just their plan for getting the garrison out of town. So now the garrison is already out of town. Maybe it's not like at the top of their list of priorities, but you're right that they want to get the Lord rulers Adium stockpile, his treasury. And you would think that you would also want the place where it comes from under your control if you're wanting that. Right. So I don't know. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, if they're going to topple the entire final empire as the plan, then there's no saving house venture regardless, I would think. So it's kind of rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and I like also that uh, Ellen mentions, he's like, ever since, well, something happened a few years ago, and things have been different, and my father can't meet the Lord Ruler's quotas, and... The annotations make it clear at this point. He's like, by the way, that something that happened a few years ago was Kelsier. When he I escaped and killed all mm. the guards and stuff. So 
it says uh, that him snapping and coming to the awakening of his powers and then bursting out of his hut and slaughtering every soldier and nobleman within about 10 miles of the pits. So it was a bad day for uh, (laughs) the people in charge there, which we now know is House Venture. So she's got this the secret, exactly what the crew wants her to get, the secret to how to bring down the Venture house. And uh, as we know from the next chapter, she does not say anything about it yet anyway. Do you guys think she eventually will? I think it's going to depend on what happens next between Ellen and Vin. I don't think she wants to, but it may go that way. Mm. Okay. Ellen starts to give a lecture on Adium economics, and she's like, I actually understand a lot about this. You just don't realize. But And he's worried that someone is going to try to assassinate her because she's tangentially associated to House Venture because of the attention that he has paid her. And she, on the other hand, is worried that Chandelariel is planning something against Ellen. And he's like, oh, what? No, she's harmless. You never – like, that's just jinxing it right there. You're like, Shan, no, she's harmless. <laughs> Come on, dude. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, they talk about the Lord Ruler a little bit. But she eventually finds out that he's not so much of a revolutionary that he's wanting to overthrow the Lord Ruler. It's just that uh, they want to change things a little bit. Like at one point she's like, "You so you do want to overthrow him?" And he's like, "What? What are you talking about? He's oh. God." It's like as soon as she said that, I was like, "You have just blown everything." Because now that as what happens later in the chapter, he gets suspicious and and um, does what he's gonna do. It's like, oh god, now he this this is gonna tip him off. He knows what's gonna happen. He's gonna be a liability, and Kelsey is gonna be like, "Well, we have to get rid of him now." Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She she just tipped their hand way too far. She really does kind of go far here, although right now he doesn't seem to really take much notice of it. But you're right. After what happens at the end of the chapter, uh, maybe he will think back on this and be like, what's going on here? Yeah. And he brings up the executions and says basically the same thing that we kind of talked about last time, where it's just like the Lord Ruler's been around a long time. You'd think that he would know a better way of solving things than just by beheading a bunch of random people. But apparently not. And so he goes off uh, – she – well, first of all, she goes to try to feed some information to Lady Shan, and Shan Lariel is just like, nope, I don't, I, I don't care what you have to say. I don't need you anymore. Go away. Be a good little twit and stop bothering me. <laughs> and then she says, you think I was harsh to you before, girl? That was when you were on my good side. Try annoying me now. So everything we've seen with her so far, that was her good side. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Yeah, we get into his uh, Ellen goes up to hang out with his friends and they're discussing politics some more, although really most of what we see is them talking about uh, Vin and how Ellen should be more careful about uh, who he's spending time with. Well, they, they say the political conversation is finished. So, yeah, this, this, this is just them. Yeah. Kicking back, having a drink after the philosophical discussions, because apparently that's just worn them out. Mm hmm. And so his friends are very paranoid about uh, Vin, and they're like, you know, she attached herself to you so quickly, you don't know anything about this girl, which is the same thing that Vin tells him, like, you don't really know anything about me, Ellen, you got you need to be careful. He's not listening to any of this from anyone, because he likes the girl now, just like when Vin didn't want to hear anything bad about Ellen. It's, it's you know, cute. And it, I like how Dak pointed out, I didn't know if you guys would actually notice, because honestly, it's not the kind of thing that I notice, generally. But we've had very limited viewpoints in this book, and this is the 
first time that we've jumped kind of away, and this is the first time that Ellen's gotten a viewpoint. I think it's meant to be significant, and he mentions it in the annotations to say that he felt like he needed to wait before making Ellen a viewpoint character for several reasons. First of all, the book is really about Vin and Kelsier, but most of it is focused around everything's effects on Vin. She's the primary viewpoint character here. And Ellen couldn't be one earlier because it would have been distracting. And a lot of what's going on with Vin, he says his writing group responded really well to Ellen and were having constant discussions about whether or not his motivations were on the level, which is the same kind of discussions we had where Jamie was very paranoid about Ellen to begin with (laughs) and then kind of came around to him. So if we'd had some Ellen viewpoints earlier, it wouldn't have been nearly as much fun. Agreed. And so – he says that he finally decided to ease the tension a little bit and let Ellen or let the readers know what Ellen was, that he was really the person that they thought he was at this point. And he says, this should come as a relief and that relief will quickly be destroyed by the worry I create in the chapter. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I like the very end of this is in short, I couldn't bring Ellen in as a viewpoint character until doing so twisted the plot more rather than simply untwisting it, which is an approach that I I think uh, is fun here. That's fair. But what we get from this chapter is basically Ellen's friends are not big fans of it. They're all a bit on edge because they don't know which houses you can trust and where anyone really stands in this house. Well, they're all, they all know of their vulnerabilities and they're all trying to guess who knows of their vulnerabilities. And, you know, then you've got this person who's just come in. No one knows who she is. She's adapted to the, the court quite quickly and she's quite politically minded and, you know, she, she is causing a bit of a stir and of course they're going to look at it and go, oh, don't trust her. Like they could say it about anybody that they're, they're just like, you don't, you don't know who's your allies at this point. And they're, they're adding all this stuff up. And even though we know that it was, their meeting was totally coincidental and they actually do really like each other. And it is something quite genuine. Everyone's like, nah, <laughs> we're all, we're all paranoid now. You're going to undo from Vin's perspective, this could undo all of their plans, you know, if the wrong things are said. And yeah. for Ellen, they're, like, they're thinking the same things too. Not that they've got plans to undo, but, you know, they, they could be their downfall. So I totally get why everyone's so paranoid and they're going to read into more and more. And I mean, these guys have really got reason to be paranoid, even though this particular instance is not, not quite hit the mark. Yup. Everyone does really have reason to be paranoid at this point. <laughs> and they're right that Vin is not quite who she appears to be. They just don't know uh, that they're off the mark about why she's doing what she's doing. Ellen has a line here where he's like, I'm worried that some of my friends might end up in charge of their houses sooner than we expected and that none of us are ready. And then Teldon is uh, is like, no, it, it's fine. I have a feeling that this is all just going to blow over. And in a few minutes, we'll wonder what everything, what all this fretting was about. <laughs> He's going to be the next one to die. (laughs) Right? (laughs) He just jinxed himself also. This is just... uh, Let's see. He tries to go and find her, but she's in a gathering of her own after his meeting is over. She's just so good at politics. He's like, she's too interested for her own good. And then he thinks that maybe he's just jealous because she's better than he has been in his whole life at uh, the whole politicking thing. And he's worried that, you know, somebody might send a Mistborn out to kill her and her uncle. And he's like, do they even, you know, think about Alamancers? Which is, that's a funny little. Oh, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then he's we get trying. He, yeah, he he really is. He it's pretty clear from this that he's a pretty nice guy. He's just very uh, oblivious in a lot of ways, <laughs> which is funny considering early on when he first shows up, how we're like, oh, he may be the sneakiest one of all. No, <laughs> he's really not. <laughs> we we get to see Ellen and his father in a talk, and his father oh, continues to be a jerk, uh, no matter who he's talking to. He's just very much the stereotypical angry, angry, forbidding father who's just a massive dick. And then he takes it a bit further when he said, maybe I should have just had you killed when you were a child. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, this guy is. Oh, but before we get into it, actually, there's one line where it's when he shows up, his father is speaking quietly with Ten Soon, the venture Chondra. So and the, the creature is wearing a body that once belonged to a servant in House Hasting. So interesting, uh, some more Chandra action going on. But yeah. Doesn't he's bode a, well for Renault. Well, no, not. I guess we'll see. And he, he specifically is like, you met with that girl again, huh? And he's like, yep, not as long as I wanted to, but I forbade you from spending time with her. Yes, I remember. <laughs> and I I love this part of their discussion because he's just like, oh, your, your childish temperament. When are you going to get over that? And he's like, actually, I got over that a while ago. It just turns out that being who I am is even more annoying to you than anything else that I could have come up with. So that's convenient. But yeah, he's a uh, he just goes off on Ellen. You know, I tried to teach you politics. You're just stupid. And his line about he's like, I hope to, I live to see you dead because this, this house is in for dire times if you're ever to take control. That's it. And it's just like, wow, dude, that's 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 some great dadding. I just. <laughs> and then he, he comes back. He's like, you can't even bet a woman properly. I had to take you to the brothel myself. The only time you've ever dude, just no wonder like Ellen developed this thing where he's just like tries to piss off his dad because I would want to piss this guy off, too. Yeah. Also, we just casually breeze over. He. He casually, he, like, uh, Ellen mentions that the Hastings are going to pull out, so already Vin's rumors are starting to spread. Oh, yeah, that, that yeah. went quick. Because she yeah. didn't, we didn't see her tell Ellen that. That means Ellen heard it somewhere else. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's getting around. Although Straff seems to discount it. He's like, anything you've heard is bound to be worthless. I mean, yeah, he says that, but I think that's just because he automatically assumes my son's a dickhead, therefore his information is pathetic. Mm. And then he's going he's gonna to hear it from other sources and just forget that Ellen mentioned it. Entirely possible. So then he's about to go to bed because he's a little bit drunk and tired when his friend Jastes shows up at his house to say that he had Valet followed after she left the party. And as they were leaving the city and Says got out to produce papers for the guards, his spy snuck up and looked in the carriage window and she was not in there. So she must have been dropped off in town. She must be a spy for one of the other houses. I mean, I, I get what this guy did that. He was suspicious of her. But at the same time, that's really weird. It's like, I, I sent a spy to go spy on your girlfriend, bro. And I found out. I found out. She's got something to hide. She's not who she says she is, man. Yeah. I know you don't want to hear this from me. But she ain't right. <laughs> I mean, it, it is it is super weird. But I guess that's also just how things work in this town. Oh, yeah, and, clearly. But, yeah, with how important politics is. Yeah, the, the houses just dick each other over at the at the slightest provocation. Like, yeah, he's Ellen, he's Ellen's friend, but like, even if he found out, this is still information that, that, that he could give to his father, and they could use that against House Venture, potentially. 
and I'm uh, like, Ellen doesn't kind of want to believe it at first, but he jumps onto it pretty quick where he's like, no, she can't be all, she can't be part of this. And then he's like, I told her about the Adium. How stupid. <laughs> and he basically thinks like, maybe it's not true, but I can't really risk it. And then it's, he was a bad son. True. But he was no traitor. He wanted to be in charge of the house someday so that he could change things. So it's like, it's like, dude, you're not a bad son. You just have a bad father. Don't blame yourself for that. <laughs> yeah. I have, I, like, I have a little bit of issues with Ellen as a person, but like, you are not the dickhead in this family. Maybe a little bit, but not the uh, lead dickhead. No, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Not, not capital T. Not the. <laughs> <laughs> But he decides to use his father's request that he attend a luncheon the next day as a lever. So he's like, tell him I'll go. But in exchange, I want to borrow some space. So, yeah, this is where Ellen's going to get drawn into it. And it's basically going to have to be. A, he's, I think he's going to be one of those people where Kelsey's going to say, well, he knows too much now. Like, we can't let him go. And Vin's like, don't kill him. I'm like, all right, cool. We're keeping him prisoner. Let's go. <laughs> They're just going to lock him up and throw him in the cellar in club's basement or whatever. <laughs> They could just tie to a chair and force him to make conversation with Spook. (laughs) (laughs) That's just mean. Yep. So let's say, I mean, if, if, if two spies are going to follow Vin, either they're going to successfully find out where she goes and the people that she's going there with, or they're going to fail in some way. Like maybe, maybe Spook is on lookout and spots these two spies or something and they capture them. So they're going to fail or they're going to succeed. And either way, Things are going to potentially be bad for our friends, because if they catch these two spies, then maybe it's like you said, maybe they find they find out from the two spies that they were sent by Venture because Ellen Venture knows something is up and all of a sudden Ellen knows too much. And what happens there? Or if they successfully find out that Vin is, you know, like a member of a ska thief crew or something, they go back and report that. What does Ellen do with that? So I don't know. Which way might it go? And what do you think is going to happen either way? I get the feeling that they're... Uh, I don't know. I th- I think that Ellen... Like, the spies will probably be successful. They'll report back to Ellen. And he... he It might show... He might have to make a bit of a ruthless call. I feel like the spies who find out, they're going to have to get killed, either by Kelsey or Ellen, so that they don't spread what they know. And then Ellen will confront Vin about it and yeah we'll come back to this situation where it's like well he knows too much we got to do something about him then he'd just come out and say something to her like at the next party just be like i found out that you're ska <laughs> i mean maybe or he might go completely the other way and just and like they'll open the door and there'll be eight inquisitors standing on the doorstep and ellen standing Ooh. in the back Ugh. that would be dark yep i would sort of think with their relationship how it is at the moment I feel like he would want to confront her first. So, like, I'm not sure if it would get to that that level. I mean, the other thing is, too, that maybe maybe um, if they've got the spies, if, if, the, if their crew was able to capture them, you know, maybe they, they do get killed, but then they've got to send someone back. Maybe, maybe they'd get a Chandra and send it mm. back, and then they've got a spy in House Venture. Like, it, it could go any number of ways. If only we had a little bit of Adium, uh, <laughs> I'd be able to see that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think um, I think the spies will probably get captured by the team, and then they'll find out why they were sent, and they'll be like, uh, Vin, this kid, 
is spying on us. He knows something's going on. And then she'll probably, I feel like the people, <laughs> I feel like out of the two of them, the one who's most confrontational is Vin, since she like, in the in one of those other chapter, chapters, she just straight up was like, do you kill prostitutes? So I feel like, <laughs> I, I feel like she's definitely the more confrontational one between the two of them. So I would imagine that, that she'll probably confront him. Hmm. Okay. I'm just hearing a dead hooker from Ben Affleck. <laughs> I mean, Ellen. Code seven. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, again, Ben? No, because I wasn't with a hooker today. <laughs> that is such a great Ben Affleck moment with the haha. Like he's so proud. Okay, no, sorry. Since just since this, the next chapter goes in such a completely different direction, I was just curious to get your t- you guys take on the end of this chapter before we get into the next one. Because they're really they're two very different chapters that yeah, deal with yeah. very different things. So okay, the next epigraph is uh, the 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 Lord Ruler talking about how everyone thinks he should kill Quan, and he probably would kill Quan, but he can't find him. The man had become like a father to me, but I don't understand why he decided that I wasn't the hero and denounced me to the entire conclave of Worldbringers, which yeah, sounds like something to do with you killing everyone. Well, maybe. Yeah, we 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 talked about that possibility. What a pretentious title, the Conclave of Worldbringers. I think it's Come a cool on. name, Conclave of Worldbringers. Come on. I'm just like, well, what? Is, what is a Worldbringer? All right, we've got the Hero of Ages. What the hell's the Worldbringer? Maybe we'll find out, or maybe we never find out. That'd be mean. Uh, <laughs> it's um, like these dudes, they've all just got a different version of the Atlas, and like, this is my world. I'm like, oh god, god, stop drawing those. <laughs> <laughs> and. He makes an interesting point here where he's just like, surely, even if I'm not the quote unquote hero, what I, whatever I do can't be worse than what happens if the deepness destroys everything. Right. And so yeah. a thousand years later, theoretically, everything has not been destroyed. It's definitely not nice. It's not fun for anyone. This world kind of sucks. But if the deepness was in the process of literally killing everyone, then I guess this is better. Maybe he's right. Yeah, but again, this is like the, the this is the typical justification. It's like no matter how bad things that I do get, it's like I'm still better than the thing I'm fighting against. I'm like, is that really a line you want to walk? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, as we move in, we get more uh, more logbook. The end of the logbook, as it turns out. And I'm just touching on a couple of the points here. It's really cold is the main point that he wants to get across to us here. It's freaking cold. <laughs> it's cold as balls up here. Yeah. The terrorists have uh, cool powers that we've already talked about. We know about their ferrochemy. And he theorizes that maybe they can save up heat also for later use to stop from being cold out. I don't think we've that, that we've had that confirmed as something they can do, but it would make sense with everything else that we know, I guess. And he finally confronts Rashek and... Uh, I think we got some of this earlier where we find out what Rashek, why Rashek is upset in one of the epigraphs. But apparently Rashek feels that his people should be dominant because of their supernatural powers. They do have pretty cool powers. You got to give that to them. Which it makes you wonder if like they have been oppressed by other groups. Like how when you have cool superpowers. He was just talking about this and I was going, okay, Magneto, settle down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Kind of, you're, you're not off the off base with that. He's, he's like the oppressed people with superpowers. Yep, okay. He just walks up to the Lord Ruler and he's like, Charles. 
So this is the so the Lord Ruler is Professor X. This is the world where Professor X won. Damn. Yeah, and then he became crazy. Sure. Man, that, nobody. This never ends well, regardless of who wins. Apparently, that's harsh. Uh, the deepness is apocalypse. Apocalypse takes over the professor. You know, it all it's it all works. <laughs> actually, actually, that, that that'd probably make it onslaught. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We're we're going deep comic book now. <laughs> Uh, all, all the comic nerds are just going, oh, why would you bring up Onslaught? No one likes it. <laughs> but we, hey, there is something in this passage which really intrigued me as the Lord Ruler's mate Fedic got attacked by the creature of the mist, or the creature made of mm. mist. Yep. Yeah. And it specifically says he, he got stabbed. So I'm mm-hmm. like, well, okay, that doesn't sound like the mist wraiths that we've seen. No, they're not real no. stabby. No. But also, Kelsey said, yeah. like, for the most part, they're not really a danger to people, so... Yeah, it's something else. And really, we've heard very little about the creature. Like, there was one epigraph where he's like, I think I might be going crazy, I'm seeing a creature. Then then we hear later, it's like, oh, nope, there's definitely a creature that seems to be made out of smoke or mist. I remember, because Jamie was, like, really <laughs> happy with herself that she came up with the same thought right before they said the, the thing in the, in the page. One sentence ahead, woo! Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And so I think those are the only references, if I remember right, that we've gotten to that. And then we get here and it's like, oh, by the way, uh, Fedek has never been the same since that thing stabbed him. Oh. Which, in in fairness, if a creature made of mist attacked me, I'd probably also be a bit traumatized. Yeah, I don't know that I would keep uh, going up into the mountains if there were mist creatures out there stabbing foos. But uh, (laughs) he just didn't realize that the mist creature was like, get back, right? I got to practice my stabbing. (laughs) 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 Actually, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that suck. It ain't so hard. <laughs> so this mist thing is something I think we still don't understand because, like, like you said, we theorized at the time maybe it's like a mist wraith or something, and they just don't know really about them. But yeah, this seems to be a different sort of thing. And well, I mean, the the, the mist wraiths are made out of like body parts and corpses yep. they're not actually made of mist so but they're also quite young so i mean maybe they were made out of mist and because they've just absorbed all this stuff they lobby like and you know they're, but they're they're young they did make earlier so what could a matured mist blob do is <laughs> <laughs> hmm. it even my final form <laughs> i reckon a mature mist wraith is a candra, so they can be like misty, but then they can take on a body. That's what I think. Okay. Interesting. Well, they're, they're gonna go around stealing bones. Being, so was was the thing trying to steal his bones if it stabbed him? Uh, okay. Let me touch your bones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but won't they crush my bones? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. The bone crushes. <laughs> the bones. The bones. I always forget about the bones. Oh, you drop overdose today. Yes, but once again, <laughs> we don't get a lot of information. We just find out that the mist creature's still around, and it's stabbing guys, or a guy at least. And then we move on. He's, he's, he, he talks more about how it's cold, and he wants to move somewhere where it's hot after this because it's the cold sucks. And he talks about how he wants to be forgotten. I'm tired of being loved and hated for what a bunch of old men say I will eventually do. He sounds He's just very tired here, and it's a little bit sad. Until you remember what he became. And then it's like, oh, well, I don't feel sorry for you. It's like he's he's so tired he got sick of writing apparently. Well, yeah, and that's the thing is we get we get to the end and he's like 
such are my fears as I scribble with an ice-crusted pen on the eve before the world is reborn. Rashik watches, hating me. The cavern lies above. Tomorrow it will end. And that is the end of the logbook. And Vin is very unhappy about it. Yeah, I would laugh too. so hard if, if it turned out, if it turned out like he, he just ran out of ink at that point, <laughs> <laughs> or his his pen finally froze over completely. He's like, oh, well, I guess I can't write anymore. <laughs> the terrorist was just like, you know, you could just prick your finger and write in blood, right? And he's like, I'm not gonna do that. That's fucked up. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Get a pen, sideshow Bob. <laughs> <laughs> This 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 worried me, okay? And I don't know why I made this association, but the logbook ends on the eve before all the big cool stuff happens. What if that's the way this book ends? Foreshadowing. <laughs> 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 yeah. It's like, what if the book's like tomorrow we face the Lord Ruler? End of the book. Kelsier's <laughs> just like, okay, Vin. In the morning, we're going to fight the Lord Ruler. The end. She's yeah. <laughs> That, that would be mean. Oh god! It's yeah, and then there's just like, <laughs> right, and it's just like a, it's like a summer of, of waiting, like when you, uh, you know, it's like next time on Dragon Ball Z. That doesn't, <laughs> but that doesn't come for like you know, <laughs> like three months, and you're just like, oh god. <laughs> we will find out before long. After this, what is it? We got like four episodes after this, so. Cool. It will not take long to find out. Now now I really want us to get to that point. And we get to the end of the book, and it's just like, next time on Dragon Ball Z. And you're like, I hate you so much. And you're like, why? <laughs> That'll be awesome. I mean, no, that, that's not going to happen. Not at all. It's it's like the name of the wind or, or the, the King Killer books where he's like, we all know how this is going to end. It's not a happy ending. And everyone's like, oh, that's foreshadowing for the fact that like this trilogy is going to end in like a, a sad ending. It's that same kind of foreshadowing. I like it. <laughs> well, you know, he's an innkeeper. That's pretty sad. <laughs> We're never going to get the third book, so it's fine. We're not going to find out. Innkeepers are people, too. I, I like how, <laughs> how annoyed Vin is. Like, if only he'd put in more detail about stuff that I care about and not all this crap that he keeps writing. Yeah. Why didn't he write this book for me instead of himself? <laughs> but she does wonder, it's like, how could you have changed so drastically? Which we've all been wondering, I think. Yes. Um, like for, for someone who says she hates reading, she sure seemed to l enjoy the process of reading. Well, I think it's when you get into like, she's been forced to read this. And the whole story is building up to this point when he gets to the top of the mountain and goes to the Well of Ascension. And then you get there and it's like, you don't get it. You don't get that part that you've been building to this entire time. Even if she doesn't love reading, you would be upset about that. You're like, I, I need to hear the end of this story that you forced me to read this far. Yeah, that's fair. And she's just like storming around I mean, the, the mansion. Like, where is Saze? He better be working on that damn translation. <laughs> where is it? <laughs> and he's just like, I have a, I have other jobs, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. like, I'm, 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 you know, I'm seeing to Lord Renu's food stores. What, what do you want? And she's like, the end of the book. <laughs> Where is the end of the book? And he's like, I, I gave you the end of the book. It can't end like that. We don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah. Vin's reaction is my reaction to waiting for George R. R. Martin. I'm just like, where is he? Where's the book? <laughs> I'll never get it. I'll never know the end. Well, sure you well, will. Hey, there, there was a TV show. 
he posted an update the other day. Oh yeah. 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 He said that I think that he felt like it was going to be done by next year or something. Oh, well, good for him. I don't. I don't know if he gave a date, but he said like, yeah, no, I'm working on it. The quarantine's actually been really good for him while he works, and he's getting quite a lot done. So he's still got a bit of a ways to go, but he's definitely. And then and he talks about when he was writing the third book and he was doing like 150 pages a month. And he's like, how the fuck did I do that? Yeah, he was younger. Yep. <laughs> a lot younger. Yep. Yeah, a lot younger. Yeah, I mean, Vin, Vin obviously had LeVar Burton came into her heart, <laughs> showed her how amazing reading can be. And so she's just upset. She wants the rest of it. Well, and she even brings up the point where Says is like, hey, it sounds like you do enjoy reading after all. And she's like, not if all the books are going to end like this one, I don't. Which is Vin, fair. Vin, Vin is every person <laughs> after the Game of Thrones um, final episode. It's like, that ending sucked! <laughs> so, what do you guys think of Says' explanation here? Where he's like, I think we can figure out what happened. You know, he went there, he saved the world, and got his immortality. And he's just like, well, there's no reason to keep a journal anymore since I'm now going to live forever. This simple explanation from Sazed really bothered me. I was like, no, 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 <laughs> that's no, we can't, we that can't be it. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, nah, nah, Sazed, I don't agree with you. So you think there's something more to the story? A hundred percent. What did he say? He says, um, the the Lord Ruler must have done what was necessary to save the world, for we are all here. And then I was just like, no. You can't, you can't just say that that's the end of this story. It's like, oh, well, he just felt like he wasn't going to write anymore. Listen to the guy who has been writing this journal as if he wouldn't have gone back to his diary and gone, dear diary, I defeated the deepness. It turned out it didn't have tentacles. <laughs> like, it had to be. <laughs> there's, just, there's no way. There's no way. Okay. No, uh, so ahead, there's Jim. either going to be another bit of the journal or there's something here. And I don't know whether Says knows what it is and isn't sharing or just genuinely believes, well, oh, that's, this is how it is. This guy spends his entire life trying to preserve memories and things from the past and, and like religions and, and all this sort of stuff to keep this information. And that's what he came up with? No. <laughs> so you think maybe there was like a little more and Says was like, I'm going to keep that little bit to myself, this end part. Yeah, I mean, it lends credence to my way back theory that maybe he's going to betray them or he's got something sinister going on behind the scenes in his mind. Because I don't, I agree with Jamie, there's no way Saze would be satisfied with that. There's no way he'd just be like, yeah, that's, you know, we know what happens after that. It's fine. There's, (laughs) you know, I just don't see that in his character at all. So for him to just, and the fact that Kelsier would buy that too for him for Sace to just be like, yeah, that's, that's the end of it. I don't know. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Well, I mean, if it really was the end of it, then, you know, what's he going to say? It's not like he can I know, be pissed but... off to get more story. It doesn't really work that way. <laughs> yes, but he doesn't, he doesn't have to feed then that line either. It's like, well, we pretty much know what happened after that. Like he would, I, you know, if I was him, I'd be like, yeah, I, I know, we don't have the rest of it. I'm sorry. I wish there was more, but we don't have it. I like his note that he feels a little bit guilty because he's actually the only one who really benefited from the book because they got more information about the terrorist religion, which is what all the Keepers have been searching for, than they've ever had before. And he's like, I have to 
send a translation of this somewhere because this knowledge can't die with me. It's that important, even though there was very little about the religion in there. So he admits, at least in the, in in that much, that he has kind of his own agenda and that this book was more helpful to his agenda than anybody else's. But mm-hmm. let's see. He's like, has my has my lady suddenly become an optimist? And she's like, has my terrorist suddenly become a smart mouth? He's like, yeah, I, I think I've always been one of those. <laughs> <laughs> that's why people I always thought I was a poor steward. That's <laughs> a very that's a very mom thing. It's like. Well, who's being a little smart mouth? <laughs> Kinda, I, I can see that. But it's it, it's like that the, the little sad moment where he's like, yeah, I've my masters have always felt I was a poor steward, and she's like, oh, they were fools then, sazed. So I was inclined to think, mistress. <laughs> just, just, he's like such such a sassy servant that it's it's a great role. I mean, like the the, the, sass, the sassy butler is always like a great part of any story, like in Clue. He was a super sassy butler in Clue. <laughs> and Sage is now played by Tim Curry. <laughs> if he wasn't like ridiculously old, I could see it, yeah. Alfred could be pretty sassy too. I feel like he's totally her Alfred. And he's also, you know, it's like she's Robin, Kelsier's Batman, and he's Alfred. Okay, I can see that too. Yep, I can pay that. Totally fits. Um. <laughs> that makes Doxon the commissioner. <laughs> it totally kind of does. <laughs> Uh, okay, we're going, the crew shows up, and we're going to have, oh no, I'm sorry, before we get there, Vin has her kind of little spiel about how everything's going to change, and she really doesn't want that. She's like, even if we're not all dead, then everyone's going to be off working on different projects, and I don't know what I'll be doing, but I've never, you know, I like my life now. I have friends, I get to go to balls with Ellen on the weekends. (laughs) And uh, Sage is like, well, you know, stuff's going to change, but it could change for the better. And she's like, no, it won't. It never does. Which fits with her experience, but it's sad. Yeah. Yeah, way to bring the chapter down, Vin. (laughs) (laughs) We're chugging along, and you're just like, everything's going to change. It's going to suck. Well, in Vin, it's like, this is the only time in her life that life has been good. So I I can understand, like, not wanting that to end. Sure. And he's like, well, then I guess what you can do is simply enjoy what you have, and the future will surprise you, I think. So, as a transition from this conversation, says it's like, why don't I tell you about another religion? Because that's my sh- my thing, my shtick. <laughs> uh, so what do you think about the Astalsi, who feel that everyone is born with a finite amount of luck, and so they were happy whenever something bad happened, because it only meant m- more good luck? Oh, ha- nice to meet you, Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> also the religion apparently was is really useful because they kept track of what had very detailed explanations of what everything looks like that part was cool i like that the sky and blue and the various plants and their shades of green and uh vin brings up a good point where she's like but if your bad luck was limited then your good luck would also be limited right which is once again a very pessimistic view to take here but that's vin and she's like, how can you guys be so optimistic? And he's like, I don't know, mistress. Perhaps our lives have just been easier than yours. Or perhaps we're simply more foolish. Which is totally chiding her. It's like, yeah, you know, we've just had such easy lives. He's trying to call her out and get her to not be such a downer, I guess. Like, <laughs> Come on, it's okay. Just stop bringing the mood down, Jesus. <laughs> well, you know, he wants to cheer her up about her the future. Yeah. It's like, it's not going to be that bad. Although really, probably they'll all end up dead. 
because of their plan to topple the final empire. But assuming that doesn't happen. And I, I, like he explains that the night that he saved her, he snuck up behind the Inquisitor and hit him with a rock. <laughs> and she's like, is that it? Really? That's all that happened? I was I like, thought... she, he, he, he hit him with a rock and blew him through the wall or into the wall. That's still a hell of a thing, considering most people think of these things as invincible. Yep. He's like, my blow, my blow threw him into the wall, breaking several of his, several of his bones. I suspect. Which, come on, that's that's pretty badass. You gotta. Yeah. She gives him no credit for that, but she really should. <laughs> She's like, huh? Doesn't sound as exciting as I thought it would. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? I picked up a giant rock and hit a dude in the head with it. And not just any dude, a freaking spike face. Yeah, I hit Spike face right into the wall <laughs> with a giant rock. You couldn't have done that. <laughs> so he mentions again that Ferrochemi has a lot of the same sort of or similar powers to Alamancy, but a few weird ones too, like making yourself heavier or changing your age, but they're not really that helpful. And she's like, you can make yourself younger. And he explains that not really, because you have to, if you want to look 10 years older for a while, you have to spend a while looking, or if you want to look 10 years younger for a while, you have to spend a while looking 10 years older. So it's, it's uh, there has to be balance and the different metals determine what you can store just like in alamancy the different metals determine what power you get out of them and she comes up with an experiment where she's like hey can i try like can i swallow something you've stored some metal in i want to see if anything weird happens maybe i can use some of the power that you've put in there and oh here we are where he says he can't think of a time where someone's tried that maybe i can go search my memory copper mines which that's we, we got into last time where I was like, I think it says what metal was used to store memories, but then it didn't. Here's where it says that. You store memories in copper, and that's why they're called copper mines. Which is interesting because cause he gives her pewter and says he stored strength mm-hmm. in it, which is what happens in um, Alamancy as well as Ferrochemy. Like, pewter involves strength. Yep. But he, he mentions copper contains memory, and that is not what copper does for Alamancy, so that's a bit different. So there's... Some parallels and some not in between yep. Alamancy and Ferrochemy, which is interesting. Yeah, and when it came up last time, we were talking about, it's like, we were talking about Adium, and you're like, I guess Adium doesn't do anything in Ferrochemy. And I was like, well, you know, we don't know for sure because, and that's where I started to go into different metals do different stuff in Ferrochemy, but then I realized it hadn't actually told us what metals do what, so I didn't want to get into it. But yeah. anyway, a, so yeah, there's some... some this this note here about the aging does sort of make me think of my theory that Alamancy is a corrupted ferrochemy and whatever the thing is to make yourself look older or younger, like the Lord Ruler somehow bent that into his mm. immortality somehow. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it seems logical. If, uh, if, if your theory about Alamancy and ferrochemy and how they're related are true, then that totally fits. Yep, and I can't wait to be proven wrong. <laughs> Let's... Uh... And when she takes some pewter that he's put some strength in, she can feel something there, but she can't use it, which he says is exactly what it looks like if you try to access another person, another ferrochemist's metals. You can feel the power there, but you can't access it because it doesn't belong to you. So they're like, oh, okay, I guess that doesn't work. And he's like, don't worry, don't feel bad about it. If Alamancers could steal strength from my people, people would already know about it. But it was very clever. And so it's kind of an interesting little aside where we just get an expansion on what we know about ferrochemy. We keep, we're getting little drips and drabs of ferrochemy here and there. And then we cut to Kelsier who has a whole thing about how he has to sneak into his own house now. And when he gets in, uh, he's like, and he makes his stunning entry. 
And Dachshund's like, yeah, whatever. The soot stains on your knees really, you know, look stunning. <laughs> and he has the best – they have the best conversation where he's like, yeah, I had to get into this unused drainage ditch under Keep Leckel's defensive wall. And Breeze is like, yeah, most Mistborn are probably too proud to, like, crawl in the a drainage thing like that. And he's like, too proud to crawl? Nonsense. I'd say that we Mistborn are too proud not to be humble enough to go crawling around in a dignified manner, of course. Which is the most ridiculous sentence ever, but it's hilarious. <laughs> Which is exactly what Dawson says. Yeah, he's like, that didn't make any sense. We Mistborn need not make sense. <laughs> I can, I'll Classic be whatever Kelsey. I want to do. <laughs> I'm a Mistborn, I'll do what I want. Kelsier's really on form tonight, and it's amazing. We, sorry, we need to skip back, because there's something I picked out before he came in about Renault, which I thought adds a whole level to the whole Kandra, or Kandra, however they're pronounced. Mm-hmm. Uh, Re- Renault sits in the far corner, staying out of proceedings. His contract included playing the part of Lord Renault, but he didn't wish to be involved. So whatever these things are, they're paying them somehow. If these mm-hmm. are mist monsters, mm-hmm. or these are like mm-hmm. something else entirely, it's just like, w- what are they paying him? Do they do they give him oh. a fresh, cor- fresh corpse every week? Or Yeah, bones. They give him plenty of bones. <laughs> Like, sir, the common people see you as something of an ogre. I ought to club them and eat their bones. No, no one? Okay. <laughs> no, no, I'm there. Uh, Classic Simpsons, guys. No, sorry, I, I, I was here searching for something. What about your wife? My wife divorced me. She left me with nothing but my bones. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to... Hmm. Hold on. I, I guess it's, it, it, it hmm. there's a point. There's something that we've read earlier in the book. One, uh, one second. Let me see. There's, there's a time where he's mentioned, uh, where he mentions buying a, a contract and I don't, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just go into it because it's, it's relevant to what we're doing here. And I don't feel like it's really a spoiler since we've already read it. I, I can point you, I can point it out to you. Uh, when Kelsier shows up in town and he's talking to Dachshund about the job they have planned, or maybe it's after the first meeting. It is, yeah. It's, I think it's after the first meeting. Sorry, the first meeting they have with the crew where they're talking about the job. And Kelsier says uh, he needs some more adium. And Dawson's like, "You seriously already need more adium?" And he says, "I spent most of it buying Orsur's contract and then used my last bit at Trusting's plantation." Okay. So that could be relevant to what we're discussing here. Interesting. Oh yeah, I just found it. Way back. It is way start, back there, yeah. Start, start, start of chapter five, and the word contract is capitalized there, but it's not here. It is so. not here. Yeah, it's true. So maybe not relevant at all. But, mm. uh, I, yeah. That's the only other time they've talked about uh, contracts in, like, uh, an unclear manner in the book. So. Yeah. And that name that he mentions there has not come up elsewhere, in, like, that, we, that I recall anyway, so. It has not. Although it consists of two kind of weird words, both of them capitalized, like squished together. Yeah, but I mean, there have been a few noblemen's names that have come up like that as well, like in the last chapter. Yep. Uh, and in addition to, uh, you know, his contract saying that he was playing the part of Lord Renew, we also find out that the conjurer's nature is such that he did not need to fear an assassin's blade. Yeah. So two other little notes about Conjure. I'm glad you pointed that one out because I did kind of skim over it. Yeah, it's like we're, we're so focused on all these other things that we don't know what they are and we look for more details. And I was like, this is another one where we're just sort of getting the 
every so often we get a tiny little uh, information that just raises more questions than it answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we even, I guess, as far as we know, this is the first time that we've, in the last chapter, is the first time we've seen another one, because we saw that the Ventures have one working for them, yeah. so... It's, and uh, he, he's specifically the Ventures Kandra, so you mm-hmm. assume that most of the other houses have one as well. Yeah, definitely possible from the way that they said that. Okay, so yes. We, Did we, they give a name we, for the Kandra? Uh, the Venture one? Ventures one? Yes. Uh, yeah. I, think, I think they did, yeah. The name was Ten Soon. Also squished together one word with two of the letters capitalized in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, let's see. Uh, more. Yeah, we're getting more information about Condra, but once again, kind of like the Deepness, nothing... We're getting more information about the Condra than the Deepness. That's not fair. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> just selling the Condra short in that respect. But <laughs> they're, they're definitely not coming out and just telling us everything about them. But we find out that a, a note has come in, hidden in the leg of a table that they was sent to clubs to be repaired, from Marsh, where uh, it's a map of the city, and all the soothing stations that they talked about are labeled, and all the raids by Inquisitors and dates are labeled on there, too. So this is apparently a very awesome map, that they're like, how on Earth did he manage to steal this? Or how in the world? Because they're not on Earth. This planet, in case anyone was wondering, is called Skadriel. Ooh, cool name. Yeah, not super relevant at this point, but just, you know, in case you were wondering. Uh, let's see. The High Prelins gave Marsh this map. They're so impressed with him that they want him to look over the city and recommend locations for new stations. So he's really uh, raising some eyebrows at the Ministry, which we kind of already knew, but it's just continuing. Uh, and Vin realizes that there's a new attack just the previous day by Inquisitors. And we find out that it uh, is Theron's crew, the other crew that was working on that deal with uh, Kamen at the beginning of the book. And let's not forget the crew that turned Doxon on to the crooked obligator that they then bribed to get Marsh into the ministry. No one in the chapter seems to make that uh, connection, but I thought it might be significant. Mm. So, Yeah. I, I, I feel a little bit cheated that like we built you know, there'd been a, a lot of mention of Theron early on, and then they brought him back for that deal to, you know, get into the ministry. And then here it's like, oh, he died off screen. I was like, we never even met this guy. Like, I feel like he did a lot of stuff in the background to set up the events of this book, and we never even met him. I feel a bit cheated by that. I think he was on screen one time. Was he? Like, before the first meeting that we see Kamen have with an obligator, like, Theron comes into the room. He's like, is everything ready? And Kamen's like, this is my part of the job. You back oh, off. I'm taking care oh, of Oh, that's right. Way back when. Yeah. But I think that's the only time that we've actually seen him. Yeah. Because I feel like for yeah for a guy who showed up for, that would have been, what, half a page. Yeah. Like, he set, like, he set up a lot of things indirectly. But, you know, it's, it's partially because of him that they found Vin and brought her into the crew and everything that's happened since as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't seem to care very much. But I guess Theron was one of those, like, lower tier thieves that they don't even... The only significance that they see there is that uh, it seems like the obligators are still on to Vin in some way, and they're still tracking her, because why else would they hit that crew? But I kind of skipped over a super sweet moment where Kelsier watches Vin dressed in her gown, and he's like, oh, Mare, you always wanted a daughter that you could teach to walk the line between noblewoman and thief. And he thinks that they would have liked each other. That was sweet. And then he thinks, of course, if Mare were still alive, I wouldn't be doing any of this. I wouldn't dare. Which is hilarious. 
that that just made me think it's like why would she just be too afraid for is it gonna be like the incredibles thing he's like man where is my misborn cloak why do you need to know <laughs> it really makes me wish that we saw some of mare in this book it's just every time she's mentioned i'm like she sounds cool yeah. i want to hang out with her but she's dead so but, i mean the flip side of that could also be just because she because she's dead they're looking back at her rose with rose tinted glasses they're not seeing we don't i mean we don't know we're getting a very yeah. biased point of view there so that's true yeah theoretically her husband would have some good memories of her you would imagine <laughs> yeah except for the whole potential betrayal part that's well but even that like he said like i choose to believe that she like she didn't or i choose to just not think about that so yeah. he's actively making a point of not thinking about anything negative about her so yeah which is i mean entirely fair because like otherwise you just turn to a brooding mess but <laughs> right but we we move on to uh, Kelsier wants to hit these soothing stations at just the right time to kill everyone in there. He's like, there's three soothers and a seeker. And he doesn't mention, but we're also told there's a smoker at each one of these soothing stations. That's 130 ministry mistings. They must have recruited across the entire central dominance to get that many. So if we could kill them all, that would be a huge hit to the ministry. So he wants to arrange to have some uh, some thieving crews ready to hit these when they give them the word and take them all out at the same time, which that's a move. Mm. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. They talk about how the, the people in the army are actually doing pretty well, the ones they have left, because they consider themselves the more faithful segment of the army for staying loyal to Kelsier. And Breeze says something sarcastic, and Ham's like, you shut your mouth about them. You don't need to speak ill of them. All these dead guys... Uh, but apparently that Ham, Ham is just the best guy in the crew. He really is. He's like the, the stand-up guy in this group. Yep. And apparently uh, Breeze has, he's, Kelsier's getting Breeze to go out and Dachshund and uh, help train the soldiers or visit them or whatever. And Kelsier's like, you know, if Ham's not around, they need to know who their leaders are. And Breeze is like, but why not you? Like, why do I have to be involved? Because I'm lazy and I'm Breeze and I don't want to. <laughs> and Kelsier's like, you just gotta trust me. Just, just do it. And then they ask Vin if she knows any weaknesses of House Venture, and she's like, nope. And Kelsier's like, would she tell us even if she knew? And we know that the answer is no. No, she would not. And the ball next week is a keep venture. We're back to where we started from. And then we cut to Kelsier trying to get some sleep, but he can't. So he goes up on the balcony and Sazed comes out, and they have a conversation where he's like, I can't sleep. Give me a new proposal. And we get to hear about a second religion. Sazed is just really getting to, uh, you know do his thing in this chapter. He's got to preach two different religions. And this one is about the Bennett who were seafarers and brilliant cartographers. And they made some of the maps that the final empire still uses today. I sort of liked how this, this brought up a similar thing to in our world. They always say, you know, like like the captain, there's, there's that whole thing where a captain can perform a marriage on a ship. And it's like, this actually sort of makes sense in that because the captain's also the minister. So, yep. Yeah. Okay. That, that, I, don't know, I just thought that was that was a neat little parallel. Yeah, it totally is. And uh, like, no one is allowed to command a ship unless he has received theological training. And Kelsier's like, eh, probably weren't many mutinies then. Tell me about the Vala again. And it turns out that this religion lasted longer into the Lord Ruler's dominion than any other, despite the fact that the entire leadership was slaughtered in the first conquest of the Lord Ruler, whenever that was. But still. The religion last like held on, 
And Kelsier's just like, I, I just needed to be reminded that people can keep fighting even when things look hopeless. And Stacey's like, I understand. And that's the end of the chapter. Is I don't know if you'd call that a positive note exactly. It's not a negative note, at least. Uh, it just seemed like foreshadowing to me. Like, And mm-hmm. I'll talk about that when we get into predigments. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, sorry. And I was looking through the annotation to see if there's anything I forgot to bring up, but I don't think there is. So, okay. So that's the chapters. Do you guys any final thoughts before we move into our brand new and improved predigments section of the show? No, not really. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, let's. I, I I like that I said something stupid one time, and instead of just admitting it and owning it, I'm like, no, this is a thing now. It's gonna be a thing. <laughs> So, moving into predigments, who wants I'm, to give I'm, some predictions for I'm our glad, predigments section? I'm glad you did it because if you didn't, I was gonna. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was too it was too delicious to pass up. Oh, it was just the best. <laughs> Here we go, everybody. Here's my predictions. <laughs> Buckle up. No, there are predictions. The segment is predigments. I'll be whatever I want to do. Here we go, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> So um, the most immediate thing I would talk about is that is what we just ended that chapter on. He's asking about this religion and says makes a, a point to talk about how they lasted so long because even though their leaders were gone, um, the people still viewed them as leaders, as leaders of their religion and of their movement. Uh, and that actually made them stronger. And so that seems, and of course, I don't know Brandon Sanderson's thing. I don't know if he wants us to think this way, and it's actually going to be a different way. But that that seems to me like an indication that Kelsier may be willing to die for this cause before it's all said and done to, to give the people who've supported him and who see him as a figurehead of this revolution the strikes to keep going, even after he's gone. That just kind of seemed like, in most literature a kind of foreshadowing idea that was placed in the chapter, but maybe that's too obvious. Maybe Brandon's like, that's what I want you to think. Ha ha. So we'll see. But that's, that's kind of where I'm at as far as the end of the chapter right there. Okay. I feel like he knows that there's a good chance he is going to die, that they're all going to die in this process. So it wouldn't even necessarily need to be like an intentional. He's like, I'm willing to die. It's just like, I know that I might. So maybe, but I see what you're saying. He, d- he does mention that he's heard the story before. He's asking for further details. So it could even be like he thinks the the right thing to do would be to die as right. such to inspire the, inspire the troops. But maybe like the reason he keeps asking is because he needs reassurance that he would have to do it because he's still mm-hmm. afraid of dying. Yeah, and that's kind of where I was headed th- with with my prediction on it. Predicament. Yeah, because I mean that's a that's a good parallel then to Marsh. Who Marsh just straight up, yeah, I'll give my life for the cause. And maybe Kelsey is not quite at that point yet. Yeah. Well, and it, it's not at all surprising to me, at least, that Kelsey would be more hesitant about that than Marsh, because Marsh has dedicated his whole life to this cause, and Kelsey has always been a little bit more about himself than anyone else. Yeah. Okay. Any a, any further predictions or expanding on your prediction for our predicaments, Joe? No, I think that about covers what I wanted to talk about. Okay. Okay. I will go. I've got a few thoughts before I get into my show-stopping prediction. Okay. Um, <laughs> Ooh, she's pointing a bad ad into the bleachers. <laughs> I 
Okay, so I'm a little bit concerned about this map that Marsh has supplied. Not that I don't think Marsh is doing the right thing, but it seems a little bit quick for the obligators to trust him so much. Um, mm. I'm concerned that this might be a bit of a setup. It would lure out any existing troops or or anything to these stations. Are these stations real? Is there just enough real information in this to make them go, yeah, this is great information? It just seems like a lot of information to give immediately. And especially when there's house wars and and all these things going on, I just don't know that they'd give that information out so willingly. Like, is Marsh being set up? Are they suspicious of him? And this is just enough that they could test whether he's he's genuine or not. And they're talking about a lot of stations here and where could they put more? And like, that, that's a lot of people that they could lure out and see how big this thing goes. So I'm a bit concerned that that's not going to end well, um, that particular mm. part. Okay, the next one, can we trust Sazed? I'm not sure. I think the way he's responded to this journal, it does it doesn't sit right with me. And we've sort of had in the past too that, you know, when Kelsia and Vin went to the Lord Ruler's place and he he knew in advance where they were going. And yes, he came and he saved Vin, but he knew and he was the only one that knew, which then kind of comes into the next part of my prediction. So we're, we're reading the Lord Ruler's diary. My prediction is that this is not the Lord Ruler's diary. This guy just, uh, okay. So we, we've come to the end of this, this journal and mm-hmm. this doesn't sound like a man who we know to now be the Lord Ruler, which made me really think, I'm just finding some things that I've found this morning. I've taken photos of pages of the, the book because uh, Dax got the book in, the other room. I wondered and, about uh, that because you totally have said before that he holds on to the book when we record. And then <laughs> earlier you were like picking out sentences from it. I'm like, oh, where did, did she steal the book this time? Okay. I've, I've, no, oh, I, I tried to. And then he was like, hang on a minute. Do you, have the book? And I was like, <laughs> you tell me you took pictures. You can leave me the book. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and I, I've, okay, just bear with me while I find a couple of things. So I'm going to make a prediction on who the Lord Ruler really is. And I'm going to go with some evidence that I've found throughout the book. I this, think, this Lord Ruler is... I'm sorry, Jamie. I think you're you might about to be touching on something I predicted a long time ago, but I'll, I'll let you go Don't ahead. undercut her predictions. I'm That's sorry. I'm not trying to. Maybe. Possibly. Yeah, possibly. The... Okay. I think the Lord Ruler is actually Rashek. I think this because... This the Lord Ruler has so much hatred, and it it so it just it kind of makes sense. Like in the the passage that we read that Vin was reading, I've just got to find where I put it. Where is my photo? Um, I did finally confront Rashek. He did not want to speak to me, of course, but I forced him. Only she spoke at great length regarding his hatred of Clenium and my people. He thinks that we have turned his people into little more than slaves. He thinks that terrorismen deserve far more. He keeps saying that his people should be dominant, in quotes, uh, because of their supernatural powers. Doesn't that sound like a guy who would turn everything around and go, you know what, you've treated my people as slaves, here you go, 
your people are now treated like saves. Mm. I am superior to you because I've got powers. What if I could be more superior than everyone? Maybe I could do something with all this this power and create allomancy and, and give that to people of my choosing who who have helped me, who actually don't have these supernatural abilities, then I would destroy all memory of my people and their religion because now that they know the truth about who I am. So yeah, that it, it, that sort of clicked to me in this chapter when, especially when there was dominant, and I was like, you've got the central dominance, you know, you've you've got all these dominances, and I was like, oh okay, I don't know why that clicked. And then I found from earlier epigraphs, which I've got somewhere else in the book. Hold on. According to Rashek, only a terrorist of pure blood should have been chosen as the hero. Okay, not necessarily talking about the hero, but Rashek has this whole thing about having pure blood, which the nobles have to have pure blood. They don't want that tainted with scar blood. That's mm. that's not okay. True. Um, um, nevertheless, I continue. So chapter 13. Nevertheless, I continue my trek going where they proclaim that I will meet my destiny walking, feeling Rashek's eyes on my back, jealous, mocking, and hating. And I was like, Damn, Rashek wants this. He's uh, uh, chapter 11 represents a growing faction in terrorist culture. A large number of the youth think that their unusual powers should be used for more than just field work, husbandry, stone carving. They'll have to be watched very ter- uh, sorry. They will have to be watched carefully. These terrorist men, they could be dangerous given the opportunity and the motivation. And I think what we're missing in the journal now is the opportunity to to take that on. So I think, yeah. That's 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 where I'm going. This person that we've been thinking is the Lord Ruler for quite some time. He's not. He's just not that type of. He's not that type of person. I mean, the deepness could corrupt him and everything, but uh, yeah, it's, I I don't believe that that's him anymore. And I do believe that Rashek is the person who's going to end up being the enemy. Hmm. Well, that's that fits a lot, but like with the attitude that we've seen, I agree with you completely. Is that one of the questions we've had for a while is this guy seems like a neat, nice guy in this book. How did he become such a jerk? Basically like levels beyond jerk. And like, we, there've been a lot of theories so far. It's like, you know, maybe, maybe he died and the deepness like took him over. We were talking about last time. Maybe it was even like a conjure mm. thing where it took his bones. And that's why his attitude is so completely different. But your idea that maybe it's just a different person, one that we already know is a hateful asshole that totally fits and it just seems like his the way he feels about people outside of terrace and especially from clenium and he's just he's just got this hatred for what they've done to his people doesn't it just seem like the ultimate revenge to get to do the same to them absolutely with like it's it's really petty and exactly the kind of thing that i believe that rashek would do from what we've seen of him is to be like now you are my slaves the only Mm. The only thing I can even think of that argues against that point from I'm, – I'm just trying to think back over what we've read so far – is just how he treats the current terrorismen because he is, like, yeah. meaner to them than anybody. He, there's breeding programs. They get, mm-hmm. like – they get like sterilized and stuff or not sterilized, but castrated, which is probably worse than just saying sterilized. He is mean to terrorists more than anybody almost. And so do you have an idea about if this was, if he, if that is Rashek, like why would that be? Well, I think that so 
the one of those epigraphs said that he represented a growing faction of the terrorismen, which makes mm. me think that not all of the terrorismen agreed with him. They thought mm. whoever this guy is in the journals was the Lord Ruler. I mean, Quan obviously ditched. He was like, oh, nope, <laughs> made a mistake, I'm out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it doesn't mean that the, the rest of them didn't. But they they have this this power, this ability. If anyone is going to be able to take Rashek down, it's probably the terrorismen. And then by destroying their religion, it makes his religion far more superior than anyone else. It also means that he would remember, he would know the religion. The religion's not dead. But to to get rid of, of all of this, Rashek's been building on, he is the hero of ages, he destroyed the deepness, and then this is his world. To maintain that, he has to be on top. And if people know that that's not the truth and that can get out, you've got to destroy that. And if that mm. means destroying his own people... He will reward those who are loyal to him, but not if you speak out against him, then that's it. Like okay. hundreds of people die. <laughs> because because <laughs> like the keepers that. or the terrorists might still have some of that knowledge that he doesn't want getting out. That's the reason to. OK, no, I see that. That's that's a really good thought. I like that, especially all the work that you've put into this theory. I love it. I, I love that you're getting that into the book. It's super exciting for me. Yay. <laughs> I, 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 I hate to even ask, do you have anything else you wanted to say after that? That was such like a big, well-thought-out thing that I don't <laughs> want to imply that you need anything no. else. Okay. I think I think that was it. I, I had I did have like thought at one point that maybe Ellen's spies weren't actually going to be hired to spy on Vin. Maybe it was going to spy on his friend because mm. he brought up in but then thinking about it too I was like well he really did kind of go oh no I I spoke about the adium and us looking after that and so he did feel a little bit like oh maybe I have shared too much and so I kind of thought uh maybe yeah no maybe he doesn't implicitly trust her so they'd still follow her but at at first I was like oh we actually don't know who he's hiring them to follow that's true it's not said explicitly Uh, yeah so that was really my only other thought. Sazed, I mean, yeah, he he could he could be a spy, but I mean, if if it turns out that Reshek is the Lord Ruler, would he even want a terrorist there? I don't know. Right, a keeper even uh, who yeah. says says said like everything is trying to destroy these keepers. I don't know that it would make sense for him to want one on his side. Sazed could be part of the faction that supported him. It's true. As well. So, I mean, that still that still could play out. I'm not entirely certain that I trust Sazed. I don't know how how deep he would go into this, but I don't, yeah, I don't fully trust him at the moment. And for his comments, too, to just be like, oh, but it was solved. And then I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, if, if he was a supporter of Rashek, you know, maybe he would go, oh, yeah, well, that's just how the diary ends. Everything's fine now, right? Mm, especially if, as I think Joe was theorizing, if he found something that he decided not to share at the end of that diary, that that would totally make yeah. sense. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, they can't, they can't know this but part. No, that would be bad. That, that's a lot. <laughs> okay. I like yes. that. That was really cool. Okay. Dak, pred- predictions for predigments. Yeah, I got to follow <laughs> that act. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Over to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, 
I I don't know my my prediction for why the book ended so abruptly. I didn't think much of Say's comments until you guys started talking about it, and now that you've said it, it's like, huh, okay, that is suspicious. At the time, I was just like, I don't know, maybe the Inquisitors ripped the pages out because it didn't line up with what they agreed, because they've there've been hints before that the Inquisitors and the Obligators don't see eye to eye. Like the was it the Lord Prelin? The Inquisitors thought they should be in, be in charge of the the church, of, yeah the church and the Lord Prelin disagreed with that. So I thought maybe there's some infighting. And so they ripped the pages out and destroyed them for, for their own purposes. Like maybe that's it. Maybe like they've got this secret diary entry and they've kept it to themselves. Mm. Um, that would make some sense actually. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that was just sort of an, an idle thought. I, yeah, I don't know what to make of Say's comments now that you guys have brought it up. The, yeah. The only prediction I had uh, sort of fed into my one from last week where Marsh is being turned into uh, an Inquisitor, and like he's slowly losing his mind. So, like uh, I think someone mentioned, the the map is a is a setup. It's a it's a trap, but maybe it's not like the Canton setting that. Maybe it's Marsh, and he's already so far gone, and they don't realize it. He's setting them up himself. Ooh. Ooh. Well, yeah. and that's that's one thing I actually want to touch on that J- Jamie's second bit just threw me all totally away from her first bit about the map. <laughs> but it's an interesting thought that it could be a trap that they're setting up, which would make it unfortunate for the people setting up the trap that Kelsier's idea was not to send the army or any of his crew. He's like, let's hire a bunch of different thieving crews and they can be the ones to take out these stations. Yeah. Like so that, if it was yeah. a trap meant to get them. It's going to fail at getting any of them. Yeah, it's like by sheer accident, yep. they actually managed to subvert the trap somehow. Although, if, if the trap is really for Marsh, that they're trying to trick him into showing yeah, something, they would okay. still get Marsh. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, the other possibility is, like, Marsh is the one who set up the trap. Yeah. If he's if, if he's already been turned. So, uh, in which case, he's trying to expect, oh, what's Kelsey going to do? And he expects Kelsey to come in guns blazing with the army, and then it turns out that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I guess we shall see. Indeed. Uh, moving on. What do we have this week? We got one email from Sam. And Sam says, just wanted to let you guys and girl know that you've changed Mondays for me. From, oh, no time for work, to, yes, there's a new Sanderlanch episode today. Keep up the good work. Oh. Thank you. That's Thank very you. nice. Thanks, Super Sam. nice. If anyone else would like to send us emails... TheSanderlanch at gmail.com is where you can send them to. We love hearing these nice things. Sam Sam made me all happy. Uh, you can also tweet at us, at TheSanderlanch, on Twitter, or find us on Facebook. Also on Instagram now. That's the one that I was forgetting. With uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really going to start getting desperate for pictures to post on Instagram each week now. So tune in, follow our Instagram account to see what random Mistborn-related thing I can find around my house to tweet or to... What, what do you call to insta is is that the verb in for instagram as, i mean i think you just post okay to post thank post, you yeah as the representation of our episode for that week just just watch as the desperation grows it's very exciting because i've got lots of misborn stuff but some of it gets into stuff from other books that we haven't touched on yet so i can't take a picture of that stuff so <laughs> it's it, it's a balancing act, mm-hmm. or even parts of this book that we haven't gotten to yet. I'm like, I could take a picture. Of, no, that might be a spoiler for. Okay, I won't do that. So anyway, that's the fun that I get to have on Mondays, running around looking for something to take a picture of. Uh, what else? What else? What else? I think that 
is everything. Anyone, anyone have a last message for the audience before we take off? Nope. Okay. It's music by Miracle of Sound. Funny and it didn't come. Check check out Miracle of Sound. Awesome music. You'll soon be getting to hear the next thing that we use because, as I said, we are now at seventy seven percent. And one, two, three, one, two, three, four more episodes before we reach the end of this book. So we are rapidly approaching the final point here. Next week, we will be reading chapters 30 and 31. And the following week, in case anyone was interested, is when we do three chapters again, where it will be 32, 33, and 34. But for next week, 30 and 31 if uh, if Jamie was right at the beginning of the episode, then some very exciting things should be happening very quickly here. So, well, I mean, we got a we got a ball coming up, and like we know, there's already an, a rift sort of growing, or, pro- yeah. or tensions growing between Ellen and Vin. So they'll probably come to a head there. One would think, mm-hmm. yeah. So join us next time as we talk about whatever it is that happens in those two <laughs> chapters. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> we just talk about whatever as well. <laughs> yeah, just 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 whatever. That that's how we roll. Bring up the brother in me. I'm searching for unity. Everything.